So we're here with Mel McMahon, and you asked me when you got here why you're here. And uh, the, the answer to that question is that when we met, you started talking about a startup venture that you have um, started on. Mm-hmm. And I would like to know all about how you got to that point and then about your venture. Yeah, sure. Uh, when do we get to drink the beer, though? You can drink the beer throughout okay. this whole thing. All right, well, let's so, drink, let's drink yeah. some beer first. I'd be happy to tell you all about it. What's great is I get to sit here and drink while you talk, so. Okay, Yeah. awesome. This is a really cool setup, guys. So my startup is called Indiana Originals. And Indiana Originals is a growing directory of locally owned and operated businesses that are headquartered here in Indiana. And we try to simplify the search for local. So we have an online directory and an app that if you're looking for a dentist, a boutique, a jeweler, a brewery, it could be a distillery, it could be video services, whatever that may be, we want to give you one simple place that you can look for everything that's made right here in Indiana and done here in Indiana. And it really came out of kind of my own frustration with trying to find local. Uh, My background is in broadcasting and in business development, worked with a lot of business owners over my career. And I love kind of helping them figure out what direction they want their business to go and where they want it to grow. But what I was really interested in was their story, where it came from, how'd they come up with that idea? How do you share that story? And I've always been drawn to local or just, you know, to businesses in general to figure out where that story comes from. And my husband and I were leaving um, studios on Monument Circle and we wanted to go somewhere for dinner and we wanted to go somewhere local. And a new Italian restaurant had opened just a couple blocks away. And we're like, well, wait, is that local? Well, I don't know if it's local. Well, how do you know if it's really local? Well, they're doing a really good job if you don't, though. We'll give them that credit. Exactly. So they could have 36 other restaurants across the nation, but we have no idea because they have one located here, which is totally fine. Like, that's not what Indiana Originals is about. You know, it's just about identifying that local. It has nothing against big business. It has nothing against, like, never take away my Costco membership, please. You know, like, that's not... (laughs) what Indiana Original is about. So that's kind of what started the conversation is how do you know if something is really local or not? Um, Same thing with there's a steakhouse on the north side and everybody thinks it's a local steakhouse. And then they'll go to Milwaukee and see a commercial for that steakhouse. And they're like, I had no idea this was a franchise. And I'm like, yeah. And it kind of breaks their heart a little bit because they think they're supporting local and they make an effort to support local and they go out of their way to support local And then there's such a letdown when they find out like, oh, they're just really good at marketing. (laughs) Okay, well, let's help these other businesses be really good at marketing too and share their story and say that they're an Indiana original. And so I wanted to go buy curtains one day. I'm like, where can you go buy home decor that's not Target or Bed Bath & Beyond? Love them both. Just wanted to know someplace local. So in talking with my husband, I'm like, how do you find local? He's like, figure it out. Come up with a way to figure out if something's really local or not. And the reality is it's kind of easy to figure out if you sit down and dig in a little bit on some Google. It's pretty easy to find out if they're not local. And so we just wanted to put all of these great Indiana businesses in one place. And that's how Indiana Originals was born. That's pretty awesome. So if if a business now, we talked about this uh, when we met, if a business now, if they start and expand, are they still considered an Indiana local? If they are still headquartered in Indiana, then yes. If they have moved their headquarters out of Indiana, 
No. If they started somewhere else and now are headquartered in Indiana, we'll have a personal chat about that business <laughs> to see if they qualify. Conversation. You um, open because, a loophole for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There may be some loopholes there. I know the owner, <laughs> so I might be able to get you a meeting. Um, but you know, we're really about championing local businesses. Yes, the name is Indiana Originals, and that's a clever name. Came up with with a six year old and brainstorming. What are we going to call this? Because we kind of wanted it to tell its own story. Like these are businesses original to Indiana. But here's what we're finding: there are great companies that were started somewhere else, but are bringing their business here. The owner lives here. They're involved in this community. They want to support this community. They want people to know, hey, we have X number of employees here in our great state of Indiana. Okay, so what do we do with those companies? Just say, eh, nope, sorry, can't do it. You didn't, you didn't start here. Sorry. Right. You know, it's not that, it's not that simple. So like you're being a business racist. Right. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> basically, yes. So, you know, it's one of those things when, when you're a startup, you might have an idea in your head of what something's going to look like. And then you realize that as your business grows, it's kind of becoming something else. You yeah, know, that what evolution is, the... is one of the funnest parts. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, when we started Indiana Originals, I thought it was just going to be an online directory. And that's it. You go there, you find your business, you're done. Well, what's happening is Indiana Originals is kind of becoming an agency for local, where when they need a referral, we might do that ourselves, or we might have a great referral resource for them. They need help with marketing, project management. They need an MC for their event. They want somebody to secret shop and check on their customer service policies and how different things are handled. Great. Let's do it. You know, you need video production. You need photography done. We have resources for all of that. So instead of it just being an online directory that's flat and not really changing other than adding new members, we're really becoming a resource for local and helping those businesses grow too. That's awesome. It's fun to see. Uh, I mean, definitely for, for me, it's been fun to watch the seeds that we've accidentally planted grow. Uh-huh. And it's one of the it's definitely one of the best parts is the dynamic of it and how it evolves and changes for it's, sure. It's really exciting, especially when certain people are kind of put in your life that give you new ideas or give you a different direction to tweak something that you're already doing. And it kind of just opens up your business to see all these other different possibilities. And you're like, oh my gosh, I never would have thought of doing it that way. But it makes perfect sense for our members. Let's try it. And I consider those you know, little wins. Because they're wins for everybody. It's going to help all these businesses grow. And it's going to help all these customers with a local preference find well, those businesses easier. You are also growing immensely as well, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So what what made you think you could start a business in the first place? Like go all the way back. Like what what, what is your background? Oh like because you got to be crazy to do it. Like How it's a topic we have. We have <laughs> I think we've got a, f- a full six barrel this time. We're not going to run out. Of, we've ran out three times and within 15 episodes, uh, which is okay. you know, so a we're little good. embarrassing. We're but good. We're, <laughs> we're good. Uh, I, owe, I owe a backup tag. It's my turn to buy one. Okay, there we go. You know, I never, ever pictured myself as a business owner, ever. I never even pictured myself as a manager, let alone an owner. But I will never forget, it was my first serving gig. I worked at a restaurant downtown, and I don't remember the situation, but I do remember the owner being in a conversation with me, and he goes, you realize you're going to own your own business someday, right? And I'm sure I was probably back talking about some stupid policy that I didn't like. Who knows? I mean, who knows? Maybe I didn't want to do side work. I don't know what well, it sounds was. like you were back talking intelligently. Probably. 
likely. Yeah, there's bitching likely. and then there's, you know, creative reasoning. Right. Yeah. I was still employed. So, <laughs> yeah. so that was good. Uh, but I will never, ever, ever forget him saying that to me. And I'm like, what would I even do? So yeah, just, this is the, the guy you're going to blame for all of your current woes as a I can blame center. him for a lot of oh, things. Yeah. Um, but I'll give him credit for planting that seed. Awesome. I was like 17. You know, I have the whole world in front of me. I'm, you know, a server. I was working in radio at the same time. No plan. Never knew what I was going to do because I was always raised that you don't make plans because you don't want to be disappointed when they don't work out. Okay. Which yeah. is not a great that's, mantra to put into a kid. So that's, it's actually not that bad. Like there's, so there's checks and balances to it. Right. Like right. And there's a difference. Cause between, I've lowered my expectations substantially okay. as a, right. as a human being, but right. I always go for it. Yeah. You know what I I'm mean? always going to go for <laughs> yeah. it. But what would happen is when I did make plans and they didn't work out, I mean, I would be devastated. There was no real middle ground for yep. me. I was either really up really here with that. or really, really low. So finding that middle ground took like three years of intense counseling. And now we're good. Like good. now we can find that middle ground a little easier. Um, but one thing that I learned when I was a server. I did that the other way around. Like I did it through the trials and tribulations of just getting kicked in the balls of life. And now I go there to counseling. Go. There you go. Yeah, I paid. Yeah. I paid. I paid good money for that. Um, so kind of, you know, when I was a server, actually, it goes back to selling Girl Scout cookies. That's when I kind of realized that I was good at sales because, I mean, I would blow those Girl Scout records. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Kings Island this year. 300 boxes done. I don't know how I did it, but I would always sell, like, you got the cookie hustle, the most Girl Scout cookies. And then when I was a server, I was always, you know, closing the shift and selling the most that night and taking home good money. And when I sold mattresses, I brought a store up to budget that hadn't been to budget in two years within the first two months I was there. You know, and so I've kind of always had... What was your mattress pitch? Oh, it's easy to get a great night's sleep. Let's find the right fit for you. <laughs> nice. So, you know, something, something silly like I would have been like way that. more vulgar than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know when you were being secret shopped. So True. you had to be careful. Yeah. Had to be careful. Um, so sales was always something that was appealing to me. And when I was an account executive at a little local television station here in Indianapolis that it's not the same format. But I found myself working with small business owners and putting together these really cool non-traditional revenue plans for them and watching them work. And so I just always kind of had a knack for sales and helping out businesses. Again, not thinking that I was ever going to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. And went into radio, which is like one of the funnest jobs ever, but still crazy because someone else is in control of your own destiny. And you never know if your key card is going to work the next time you go in for I hear your that shift. a lot. I hear a lot. A lot of my radio friends. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, uh, it's like the best and worst place to work ever because you get these amazing experiences. Oh, yeah. It's and, nonstop. Right. You never know. Yeah. Like, I remember one time, this was back in the day, I was like 21, 22, quite the drinker. I rolled into work. I was doing mornings and, you know, eyeliners like underneath here, hairs in a ponytail on top of my head. I'm pretty sure I was wearing pajama pants. And Dressed I, for radio. Right. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. nobody can see me. And so I get this phone call or we could call each other from studio to studio. I'm on the fourth floor. Uh, my morning team's on the showcase studio floor. I'm like, hey, you need to come down here. I'm like, why? And they're like, Enrique Iglesias is here. We need to get our picture taken. Oh, what? Shit. Okay, so somewhere in my journal of radio gigs is a picture of me in my pajamas 
That's that fine-ass man. Which is awesome. Yeah. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. So, once again, you know, it's, it's basically playtime. You know, I have no thought about the future. I have no idea where anything's going. I get paid to talk. Oh, my gosh. I am living the dream. Well, that dream only goes so well if you're not an alcoholic and you show up for work on time. Then it'll probably work out well for you. Um, you were an alcoholic and showed up late? Yeah. I had good reason for it, though. Okay. Well, I had good reason every for Everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> I had good reason for it. I wouldn't quite say I was an alcoholic because that means you have to quit. And I always told myself I would never do anything that would make me quit <laughs> drinking. So I wasn't quite that far. But um, I went through a really tragic experience. And I'm not going to make you cry or anything. That's not what this is it's about. It's okay this if you do. Just... I don't think it would be the first time on the show. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in 2008, I had a daughter. Her name was Ella. And she was a big, big part of my radio life. You know, she had her own intro music. I was on the air from the hospital. My doctor was on the air giving updates. You know, like she was a big, big part of this world that mm-hmm. I lived in. And this character that had been created for what I was. And she passed away suddenly two weeks after I got back on the air. And I had basically spent two and a half years after that trying to pretend I'm happy. Because you can't go into work and radio every single day and have a bad day every single day. You fake it. You pretend to be happy. You pretend everything's hunky-dory. You don't pretend that you lost your kid. You lost your significant other of six years that you still talk to your parents that you you know you make up this great life that you have and everybody thinks that you have this great life but they don't realize how exhausted you are from putting from up the faking front of it the fake yeah and i got fired i finally got fired now i don't still agree with how they handled it somebody should have recognized that i was in trouble mm-hmm. and if had the situation been different or maybe different people be involved, it could have been handled differently. Slightly more compassion involved in the situation, yeah. Nobody was looking at the reason for why it was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved my job. I loved what I did. But nobody pulled me inside and said, hey, are you okay? What's going on? Why were you late today? What happened? Mm-hmm. Nobody asked that. Because it was never about me. It was just about how it looked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I didn't realize anything that was going on at the time. I was just really, really mad. And I'll never forget the next day I was at La Jolla in Broad Ripple. And I was on the patio drinking. Imagine that. And after a while, the server had been talking to me and she goes, are you Mel McMahon? And my response was, I used to be. Because they had stripped my identity. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was or who I was or because I had no clear line between my role and my identity. Like radio was my role. It was not who I was, but I didn't know that at the time. So I was only off the air for about 90 days and got a, you know, a gig again pretty easily. Somehow I'd been very lucky with never having a non-compete, which is awesome. That is pretty awesome. I don't know how I've done that, but so far so good. And then um, I had a full-time morning show gig again. And it finally got to the point where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't fake it. I'm not happy here. I'm not the right person for what they want. They're not the right company for what I need right now. And I called in over the phone and said, hey, I'm not coming back tomorrow. 
And I called a friend that lives in Mexico. And I went and hung out in Mexico for three yes. months. Awesome. And I did a grad school class while I was there. And I took intensive Spanish classes. And I was a spokesperson for the Salvation Army at the time. And we had an orphanage in the city I was living in. So I went and visited that. And when I came back, I knew I wasn't ready to go back into radio. And the Salvation Army actually had a corporate relations coordinator position open up. And what was interesting about that position was not only was it sales, which I already knew I could do, but that was also the position that was in charge of the WIBC Radiothon, which is how I was introduced to the Salvation Army in the first place because I was on WIBC. So it was one of those things where the stars kind of aligned and I found myself working with businesses again and helping them in different ways because they usually fell into one of two categories. They were either doing really, really well and wanted to give back to the community or they weren't doing well at all and needed some positive PR. So I found myself in that position working with business owners, putting plans together, getting them connected in different ways in the community. Maybe it was through us, maybe it wasn't. But I found myself kind of in that business local role again. To make a very long story a little bit shorter. You don't have to. Started on the air again <laughs> at Emmis. Um, so I was doing Salvation Army full-time and Emmis part-time. Uh, in charge of the WIBC Radiothon, which we took from $140,000 in 2010 to it set a record for 270 grand this year this is the first year i wasn't a part of it and i cried when i heard that record because that beat the record we had before which was my last year which was 260 grand that's pretty awesome though i mean something that you were involved in like that carrying forward to be able to build something is really cool and know that it survived past you is huge. It's a massive compliment is what it is. Well, I think a lot yeah. of business owners want that too. Yeah. You know, they want to know how can what I've built succeed past me? You know, how can we, how can we build that in? And yeah, if I died tomorrow, I'd, my company would be screwed. Oh, it'd be done. Yeah. Indian just, originals would be done. Somebody could probably do something similar, state, Yeah. but it wouldn't be anything like it is now. And it actually wasn't until, so when I worked for the Salvation Army, I was very, very fortunate to go to the Disney Institute in Orlando. And it's basically two full days of conferences learning how Disney does it. That's pretty awesome. Brand management, people management, marketing management. I even learned how to draw the mouse. (laughs) I mean, they teach you everything. But I remember I was in this state where I was like, oh, I could never be a manager. Like, I'm just not... It just kind of happens. Not good at managing people. Like so was, you, But you are. But I never thought I would I know, be. It, but it just kind of happens. You just kind of find yourself in that position. Right, it? Yeah. right. So I remember being in this class. You strike me as a good manager, even just talking thank to you. Thank yeah. you. can ask my former employees and see if they, they agree. I think they would. I, would, I, <laughs> I bet they would agree. And I remember being in this class, and I even said, oh my God, I could never be a manager. I'd be a horrible manager. Well, it's like 99% people is really what it is. Well, yeah. you learn that yeah. afterwards. But I remember the instructor being like, why would you ever say that? I'm like, oh, I, I, I would just be a horrible manager. And she's like, I've known you for three hours, and I think you would be a great manager. And she gave me this little Disney trinket <laughs> of some sort. It was a keychain. Like a McDonald's toy kind of <laughs> yeah. thing, you know, but I think it was maybe like recalled because I'm pretty sure the butt was on the front and it was supposed to be on the back. <laughs> so they may have had paint. millions of extras. Yeah. And I remember she gave that to me. I still have it. 
It's on my desk, and she was like, "How are we going to get rid of these? We're going to tell people they're good managers, <laughs> exactly, and hand them to them. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that was in there. <laughs> We're going to change that. lives. I'm pretty sure it was going to be. Whenever you look at this bear with a unicorn head, I want you to know that you're going to be a great manager. But she gave it to me, and she said, "I want you to keep this, and I want you to put it on your desk. And every time you think you're being a horrible manager, I wasn't even a manager at the time. She's like, whenever you think you're being a horrible manager, I want you to look at this and just remember the worst manager you've ever had." And then ask yourself if you're better than that one. And I was like, oh, well, that's really fucking easy. I can do that. <laughs> and so I still have it. And within a year of getting that, I became a manager and had two employees under me. I was in charge of events and corporate relations and all these different things and ended up being a manager. So you're right. It just kind of happened. I mean, you can manage stuff. You know, you can be a project manager or something, but managing people is a completely different. It's so different. It's completely different. And the more you learn about yourself, the better you can be at managing others. Mm-hmm. And so still kind of in that process of, you know, remember that counseling thing I mentioned earlier? You know, Man, it's yep. the more I learned about myself, I became a much better boss. You know, so it's just kind of like you just learn all these things. And I still never, ever, ever thought I would be a business owner ever. And I had this idea and I kind of figured out how it was going to work. And I threw a bunch of money into a website and I launched the website. And then I was like, okay, what are we going to do with this? And kind of had like that beta year, you know, where we had a few members mm-hmm. and kind of tested things out on them. And I'd gone back to radio full time so I could do Indiana Originals and figure that out. And somebody decided they wanted to be in charge of my destiny and said, you either move here or you lose your job. And... I was not going to move to Terre Haute. Oh, God, no. Love all my friends in Terre Haute. I was not going to move to Terre Haute. Shout out to Terre Haute. Woo, woo. Don't, don't want to live there. Oh, yeah. Don't want to live there, but you guys are great. Uh, it just didn't make sense for me to move to Terre Haute. Mm-hmm. And so my husband, Lance, and I, we sat down. We talked about it. And we're like, look, we have this company. Do we want to see if it'll do something? Or you can go get another job. You know, which one's it going to be? And so in September... 2015, I went full time with Indiana Originals. And it's like, oh my gosh, guess what? I'm a business owner. <laughs> and that's literally how it happened. I had. That's wonderful. Like, you were shoved out of the boat. Totally. Yeah. Carrying a best, five month old. That's, that's the best way to be shoved out of the boat. I mean, I just had a baby in April and hearing like trying to run a business and figuring out all this stuff and trying not to make the mistakes too bad. You know, because you make a mistake every single day. You just don't want it to be detrimental. (laughs) You well, so far, so good. So far, so good. (laughs) But that's how I found myself being a business owner. It's like, whoa, real life. Guess what? That's fantastic. It it always takes a point. I mean, it's it it seems like it it is is more common that somebody gets shoved out with something than makes the decision to do it. And I would I would like to be able to make the decision to it. I think now I could like now that I've lived it. And you probably could now too, because it really wasn't that oh, yeah. bad. Yeah, be totally. Different it's never now. as bad as. It's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Never as bad. But in, even being an entrepreneur, I'm sure you can relate to this too. Like you'll wake up in the morning, you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be the best day ever!" And then by ten o'clock, you're like, "Was this really a good idea?" And at noon, you're like, "Oh my gosh, this idea was awesome!" And at three o'clock, you're like, 
oh, I suck. It's a giant Horrible. roller coaster. And of, then at five, you're like, oh, the day's over. We're good. We're going to do it all again tomorrow. Well, anytime anybody comes to me and asks, I'm thinking about going to business to myself and I, or for myself. And I say that it's a, it's the worst idea you've ever had. Worst idea it's, ever. It's going to ruin your life. If you're married, you probably won't be within a year. You're going to lose your house, your your car. your I mean, you name it, it's going to happen in the worst way. And it'll be the most gratifying experience mm-hmm. you've ever had in your life. Yeah. 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 And getting their reaction <laughs> to when you say that is kind of the clue to me if they're going to make it or not. Yeah. Because... What what reaction do you look for? I look for, I look for two. Either look for the... Okay, I'm okay with that, which I'm like, whoa, your priorities are all wrong. Your business is going to do fine. It's just never going to get really big because you obviously don't care about people. So you're going to have some trouble I was going to say it might not do well at all. Right. Like you'll be great for like a year and then you realize you have no friends left because you sacrificed everything in your life to start this company and you have no clients. So you're not going to go anywhere. (laughs) Or to see that facial expression where they're really contemplating everything you just said. Because... What I expect after that conversation. Now, I'm very fortunate. I haven't lost my house yet. My husband and I are still married. We're doing just fine. That's good. So we're, we're on an okay path here. But what I look for. I like for, to paint the worst case scenario. Exactly. Yeah. When you throw out that worst case scenario, <laughs> what's the reaction they give you? Like, do they think about it and they're like, oh my God, I'm not ready for that. Or is it, well, you know, my wife really believes me or my husband really believes in me and thinks that this is a good idea and I've we're going to support. that one a couple Do times, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like depending on what that reaction is can totally determine where that business is going to go. Mm-hmm. If anywhere, I mean, how many businesses fail within the first three years? It's a, I think it's the majority of them. Exactly. I'm not sure what the stat the majo- is, but you don't need the it's number. A lot. It's yeah. the majority of them mm-hmm. for a myriad of reasons. It could have just been a bad business idea <laughs> or it could have been, they lost their house. They lost their family. They can't do it anymore. They can't put it back to it. It could have been a lot of different things. But when you do have a support system or people that have been through a few years of this mm-hmm. by your side, or you have resources like Indiana Originals, who has every single person that you need on your team when you're starting a new business, you're way more likely to succeed. Yeah, I bet you're a great, uh, uh, what's the word? It's from the tipping point networker. I don't know, the person that yeah. pulls I everybody have this together. Thing. I like to connect people. Yeah. The connector. I don't know. I just read the tipping point. I should really remember. I'm really bad at that. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have my tribe. Yeah. My tribe of people. I like bringing people in. So you've, you've really just, uh, your business degree is from life kicking your ass, which is my favorite type of business degree. Yeah. There's a lot of that. There's also a lot of student debt hidden behind Mm. this as well. (laughs) Okay. So you did go to school for. Yeah. So my, uh, my undergraduate degrees I have a bachelor's in communications and culture Mm -hmm. with a double major in criminal justice and a minor in telecommunications. And my master's is in public administration with a concentration in non-for-profit management. So starting my own business is a really great idea. (laughs) I was going to say, that's quite the spread. $100,000 in student loans. That's quite the spread of, of study. Yeah. So one of the things I'm learning as a business owner is that you really need to be able to make up your mind. Sounds like you didn't really Which do that in school. At. I am horrible at. The only thing I've made up my mind on and like super committed to is my husband. Oh, that's. I was like, yep, you're the one. Picked him out. <laughs> as soon as I walked in the classroom in grad school, that's why grad school was worth it. Because that's where I met Lance. But he's really the only thing I've ever committed to. And just like I knew it. There's no change in that one. 
I was watching a Law and Order marathon in my dorm room. I was like, I really want to know what they're saying. I'm going to pick up a criminal justice major. Logic. Okay. Logical. So I did. Communication has law. <laughs> has Law and Order gotten better to watch since you got that degree? Well, I understand the jargon a little bit more, but I'm not going to be a detective. Although I think I'd be really good at it, except I'd be horrible at keeping secrets. So there's the downfall <laughs> to that side. Um, but it's like communications and culture. Like, I'm like, what am I going to major in? Well, I just figured out I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to work that hard at science. What am I really good at? Okay, I'm really good at talking. So that's a plus. And I like learning about other countries and other cultures. So, oh, look communications and culture that sounds perfect did i ever ask what people with that degree do for a living or how much they make when they graduate from college no that's a mistake a no. lot of kids going into school yeah because that would require I, planning uh, yeah planning mm-hmm. i was too stoned and drunk to do any planning so i just yeah. dropped out of school yeah. i worked full-time and went to school <laughs> full-time I'm like, i have no idea what i'm doing i picked up tcom because i got a job as a receptionist at a radio station I was like, oh, well, I want to know what they're talking about. Well, that one worked out for you. That one worked out okay. What my was, minor, what was my the, minor worked out great. <laughs> so what you're saying is the school's just been a load of, um, we got a husband and what you minored in has been the most beneficial you to your career. Yeah. And I know that they say the Bloomington campus for IU is beautiful 13 times in the orientation video. <laughs> That's really all I have to offer from that. How do you know that? Uh, you counted them? Counting. <laughs> Wow, they've said beautiful a lot, 13 times. Maybe it's just the way it was edited together. All different people. Yeah. 13 different people. It is a beautiful campus. I'll give you that. I love Bloomington. 14 times. I enjoy, <laughs> I really enjoy Bloomington. I did an interview once and, God, what was I saying? But uh, it was like something like, that's exactly right. But it was, it was, an, it was a product intro for Anheuser-Busch. And it was all these different takes all throughout the day. And when they edited it together, they made me sound like a complete <laughs> asshole. Because it's that's exactly right, Mitch. <laughs> that's exactly right. Mitch. Yeah, those editors. You gotta watch out for those video guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is Shout out to Brad over here behind the scenes. Oh. The problem is this is like a one camera shot right now until we get the studio set up a little better. So there really is nothing I can edit except maybe weird jump cuts. Yeah. <laughs> Josh saying I'm an asshole. <laughs> and a jump cut, as I learned in my communications and culture classes, is when you're looking at the same scene, but it jumps to the same scene. Otherwise known as every internet video from the amateurs out there today exactly. on YouTube. Exactly. It's pretty rough, but I did Jump learn through this whole that that inter, or that process on on that day made me learn just how much somebody can make you say absolutely whatever they want you to say. Yeah. So ever since then I'm like I'm watch I'll be watch, watching polit, um, politicians on TV and be like Mm-mm. camera changed angle twice. Uh-huh. They could have said anything. They could have said anything. Perfect example. I don't talk about this a lot. And I'm not going to tell you the name of the show. It's fine. But back in the day, I was on... That's my crutch. That's what I say all the time. Back in the day. Back in the, back day, in the day. I was on this little dating show. And <laughs> it took 12 hours to film. 30 minutes? They cut it down to 22 minutes of content. Oh, my God. And I almost didn't talk the entire show. And still won. 
And one of the girls I was on the show with. Congratulations. Had, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I ended up being from Scotland and married, so that was a little awkward at the end, and I just hopped in a limo and went to Scholars Inn for half-price martini night. But uh, it was a fun day. It was a really fun day. Uh, so they, <laughs> they take 12 hours of film. They cut it down. And I was on the show with one of my girlfriends. And they said, oh, you know, because we ended up, you know, like, hey, we're friends. Can we talk like we're friends? Or do you want us to pretend we don't know each other? And we're like, oh, no, talk like you're friends. You know, we could get some fun stories. So we talked all day. There's not a single shot of us talking. Which basically means I didn't talk almost the whole time because she was the only person I talked to. So you go through all, this entire day, I say nothing, and then randomly end up winning. So I'm like, okay, great, thanks. You said literally nothing and then won? Like, what was the show? It was a show where one person of one sex went on four dates with someone, like four people of the other sex of the opposite sex and then they eliminated people after each date was that eliminate or blind date or so you went on there were three there four, four three hour girls, dates or four girls and one Maths. guy and we went on it was uh did you actually go on a date yeah we're like in yeah you're on dates with these five people oh so it's Five people going on a date for 12 hours? It takes 12 hours to film. They make it look like you're on four different dates. But it's really 12 hours of filming. So like the limo ride was one date. A store we went to was another date. Some party we were supposed to be at oh, I love it. was another day. I love that people think that that shit is real. Right. There is nothing real about it. it There's nothing real about reality TV. Mind. Nothing real about it. Was this the one where they pop things up too to make you look like an idiot the no, entire time? I wish they oh, did okay. though. Oh, oh, that's a good I think one. that was the blind. I think that's the other one. That one was fun. But yeah, so nothing nothing is real. It's, it, it just proves that perception is everything. Yeah. Perception is everything. So even like in your head as a business owner, you're like, my business is awesome. You tell everybody it's awesome. This is the best thing ever. They're going to think it's awesome. It works works for Donald Trump. I'm going to start doing it. I'm really great. Yeah. Just tell people I'm really great. Like, well, if you want your business to grow, really great. How do you know he's really great? He says he's really great all the time. (laughs) Because he looks in the mirror and tells himself that he's awesome (laughs) and that he has the best hair ever. And he's going to make America great again. And you know what? He honestly believes that. Yeah. Good for him. I honestly believe Indiana Originals is awesome. And that's like, really important because if you didn't, I would suggest you stop doing what you're doing right, right now. Exactly. I mean, your beer. You would have to be really. You'd have to be a really bottom. fucked up person to pursue something that you thought would make something worse. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's perception is everything. If you think it's awesome, mm-hmm. it's gonna be awesome. I think this beer is awesome. This is awesome. This show is awesome. And I don't think everything's awesome. You don't think it's that awesome? That's still your first beer. I'm almost, I'm about to lap you. Well, I haven't eaten today. Mm. And Brad the last beer. time I drank all day without eating, I was on a dating show <laughs> that took 12 hours <laughs> to film. And you ended up with some married Irish dude. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Was his accent at least hot? It was fine. It didn't make up for him not being that hot. But it helped him be hotter. It made up for him being married. Did you find out he was married on the show? After the show. Why was he on? I mean, <laughs> was she back in Ireland? Yeah, Scotland. Scotland, Scotland, sorry. Yeah, she was in Scotland. Scottish. So he didn't. she didn't even know 
at any of this. Oh, I thought of a good joke today, speaking of international things. Uh, um, (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Oh, what did the Australian... What did the Australian conspiracy theorists say? It's all the ruse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. That should also be on a t-shirt. <laughs> it's all the Put ruse. That on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I have an, uh, an Australian employee I made say it today. He was less than thrilled. <laughs> Did you record it? No. As a voice memo? No, but it sounded should, much better coming out of his mouth because that accent, you know, the ruse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all, it sounds like a. Have you ever asked an Australian if they're really from New Zealand? Yeah, I do it all the time just to piss them off. Oh my gosh. Because I have New Zealand friends from New Zealand and friends from Australia. And okay. They, they hate each other. So do I. And if they've been here for a long time, their accent's kind of muddled. Mm-hmm. And so you can't really tell. Mm-hmm. There's not that distinction anymore. I asked this guy, because I honestly thought he was from New Zealand. Whoa. He is not. And he made sure I knew it. Yeah, they're not pleased when you do that. Um, I wish they understood how much they sounded alike. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's not that much of a difference. So please don't be mad at me for yeah. not being able it's to It's not like it. somebody mistaking that you're like from Greenwood, like which is completely different. Completely different. <laughs> completely different. Massive insult. <laughs> Yeah, I never knew that they would get so mad. Does that ever blow you away, the accent change from the middle of Indiana south? Okay, yes. So I went to high school. It blew my mind when I moved here. So I'm from Indianapolis. I grew up in Irvington on the east side. You get a little further east, everybody sounds like they're from Kentucky. Like there's a little bit more of a draw. Um, A lot of coal miners came up and settled in that area. I feel like there's a street somewhere down there that you go on the other side of that street. And yeah. the accent just yeah. changes. It's like south of Washington Street, you <laughs> exactly. sound like this. North of Washington Street, you sound like that. Yeah. So high school, I went to an all-girls boarding school run by nuns in what we would call Ferdinand. You've had a very interesting Indiana. life. This is it's very entertaining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, nuns. Interesting is a good word. Yeah. 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 So we were outnumbered um, by nuns two to one. And my parents still want their money back. <laughs> You were outnumbered by nuns? Yeah, so for every one student, there were two nuns. Wow. So this was a big monastery. And we would call it Ferdinand, Indiana. Oh, no. It's Ferdinand. 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 And they don't have horses. They have horses. <laughs> they don't have corn. They have carn. Same thing with turkeys. We call them turkeys. They're turkeys. I don't get it. We're it's in like the a whole other language. Right. Yeah, but it, yeah, it is. It's and crazy. so I just, you know, it's a little more than the, do you call it soda? Do you call it pop? I've always called everything Coke. You know, it's a little more than that. Like That's I a get, Kentucky thing. I get the word differences. I don't understand the accent difference. Like there is no R in Warsh. Like when you say Warsh, yes. <laughs> My but grandpa says no, Washington. I, I don't get it. Like it's W-A-S-H. That's a really good head right there. Yeah, that, that's what she said. It's impressive. You had to lift it up so fast, though. Yeah. I did not know that. The, the quicker you, you just, pick it up, the better it works. Yeah, yeah, and then you just waste all that beer if you're like, eh, which I learned earlier. Yeah. Um, it's okay. You might get a second chance. I will. I, yeah. will just, I can talk forever, so we could go through this whole keg of beer if you know, so what we didn't I've, have businesses to run. <laughs> what I have found interesting in my travels is, on the accent note, is just, and, and on the reality TV note, uh, just everybody's perception of America abroad mm-hmm. is so 
uh, just out of whack. Like I was in Norway at a music festival and people would feel the need to come up and tell me how awful America Mm -hmm. is and how awful Americans are. And that's what you're going to get from that portion of the world. We're awful. Well, but I'm standing next to this person and there are two people in American flag shirts that are not American standing Mm -hmm. behind them. I'm like, what? What? And America is a massive place. Like, we're not all from the Jersey Shore. Well, and I think I think that's where the misconception comes in, because we kind of have that on our end. Like, if you think of geography, you know, like, Italy is the size of California. So when you think about... The Germany, like, fits in Florida. I right, think. Yeah. yeah. So when you kind of put in... Pers- like, Europe is not even, like like... You have to think of Europe as the equivalent to the United States of America. Yes, like, I would agree Yes, with that. they are able to give these services and do these things because they are managing a country the size of Indiana. And they are in charge of their country the size of Indiana. So they can do all that stuff because it makes sense to manage the size of Indiana. Mm-hmm. We have over 300 million people in our country. So no, it's not as easy to manage that many people. But what's most interesting to me is when you travel, are those things like, oh, you guys are, the, the biggest one, whenever I've been to Germany, oh, Americans are so lazy. What? <laughs> what do you mean we're lazy? Oh, we've been to your schools. You're so lazy. Like, you know what's different from our schools than yours? Our schools, we demand that everyone gets an education, not just the people that can pay for it. Well, they also still smoke inside, so. And, well, there's that. Yeah, buses. <laughs> they smoke on buses. They smoke what? everywhere. It's pretty brutal. Everywhere. Yeah. Which is also weird when they come visit here. They're like, oh, you can't do that. You can't and they only have one beer on tap. How does that make it? Th- that There's nothing okay with that. No. There's nothing okay with that. Uh, but you go to. Said the studio that only has one beer on tap. <laughs> well, we, hey, we have, we're a studio with beer on tap. You're a studio go. with beer on tap, yeah. so you're ahead of all my studios right now. We do have a drink cart that bad. goes around. Does it have but, booze on it? Uh, yeah. Oh, nice. Mostly liquor. That's great. So, it's cool. So, but like you go to, um, like I'll never forget the first time I went to Mexico uh, with those same friends. So, this boarding school I went to is an international boarding school. On this, on this journey, you went on this self-check-in kind of realignment <laughs> journey. So, well, yes. I've been to Mexico five times, so that was okay. the last time I was there. Um, but um, the first time I went, I was 15, and <laughs> my Spanish was pretty good, you know, so I could understand the conversations and stuff. And what was funny is everybody thought American girls were sluts. Like, that's just what you do if you're a girl in America. You just sleep with everybody. They're not? I'm 15 going to an all-girls boarding school run by nuns. I'm like, what are you talking about? Penises are scary. (laughs) What? But because all the movies that they see include teenage girls that sleep with everybody, they just automatically assume that every girl in America is a slut. So that was interesting, trying to say, "Uh, no, not all of us. No, not going to work out. Or, sorry. So I was hoping that story would be better. (laughs) No, 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 not then. That was the first trip. <laughs> that first was the, trip to Mexico. the second and third trip, trip. On the other hand, that was like that's a different show. Yeah, that's the movies are right, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Three buying shots? trips to Mexico? That's yeah. a little different. Um, but you know, it's kind of the same thing where before, honest to God, before I went to this boarding school, I thought everybody in Mexico <laughs> wore a sombrero <laughs> because that's what they did at Chi Chi's. So why not? 
Yeah. And so, and I thought they were all poor. Maybe we are ignorant. Well, there you go. What's the Mark Twain? But we're just as ignorant as they are, right? Right. So. What's the Mark Twain quote? Travel. Uh, there's a lot of. Do you Mark know what Twain I mean? Quotes. The one, no. the one that he's like. Um, I know it probably has something to do with drinking. I want to like tattooed somewhere. Smoking. Probably. It probably did in its original version. Um, something like travel is the demise of racism and prejudice or something like that. Oh, yeah. You know just get, getting out and seeing people or people everywhere. Yeah. That's like, what I've been most blown away. Not blown away by, but really kind of. I don't, humbled isn't the right word. I don't even know the right word. But like where everybody's like a smack just. Of reality. Yeah. Everybody's people. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, sometimes even with these like Indian original businesses, you know, I'll look at something on the outside and I'm like, what am I walking into right now? And then you walk in and you have this gorgeous product that just came out of this guy's work, you know, wood workshop. And he's building this, you know, intricate altar for a church, you know, by hand. And you're like, this is happening on the inside. You know, like you almost have to take that extra step. To get the full story. Uh-huh. You know, it's the same thing with businesses or travel or real life. You know, you can never... Judge a book by its cover? That's what they Is say. That the I don't think quote? that's true, but yeah. I think you can make a lot of... <laughs> you can, your judgments I'm, might listen, be right. Listen, I'm a really but... judgy person. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll make some judgments about you. I'm not going to lie. But do you know what I mean? Like, there's always more to the story. And yeah. that's why I think, like, you know, kind of Indian Originals is cool because there's so many awesome stories Behind all these businesses that we're we, to. Is there something there? You can't judge a you can judge a book by its cover, but there's always more to the story. Yeah. Ooh, like, oh, I like that. Yeah, I don't know. I need some. Where's our T-shirt producer? <laughs> like, we're coming up with. Where's the fortune cookie? We're shitting people? gold up here. This is awesome. <laughs> we're coming up with some, a whole new business model is developing before us. That's guys. happened on a couple episodes now. We've had some really great other business ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about business ideas. Are you writing it down on this blank legal pad in front of you? Um, I haven't have needed to write ideas? anything down. You're busy. I mean, I you've, you've been on point. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the, the last great business idea we had was betting on when marriages would fail. Oh, you gotta, I'm you really let, good at you that You got to let go of the cup, the glass. Oh. Yeah. I don't have to supervise it? No. Oh, because it stops on its own. It does everything by itself. Oh. Yeah. Well, why doesn't it hand it to me? Dun. Bam. That's what I like to see. Awesome. Awesome. I am really good at the marriages failing game. Are you? Yeah. I just got reaffirmed a couple Saturdays ago. Nice. Where were you eight years ago? (laughs) Wait. Yeah. About (laughs) About eight years ago. Where was I? Uh, I was playing on the radio. (laughs) That's what I was doing. Drinking a lot. No, I just, I'm pretty sure I just, it was, it was like when you're telling somebody that them going into business for themselves is a really bad idea. And they're like, that's not ever going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing. Nobody ever thinks it's going to happen to them. Yeah, never. No. It's like when you're at a bar drinking and everybody else is too drunk to tell you not to drive. Oh, it's never going to happen to me. (laughs) Have you ever had a DUI? Nope. I've never been arrested. I've also never been to Vegas. Congratulations. And maybe that's why. See? See? Something you wouldn't think about me, though. Vegas is a great place for like two days. That's what I hear. There's a 48-hour maximum. And then anything past that, it's... Worthless? Is I, that... Yeah, I lived there for almost a month when okay. I was first starting uh, yeah. Grinon. And um, I lived in the Hooters Hotel and Casino mm-hmm. because this is actually a pretty good story. Is that so, just a clever name or were there lots of Hooters there? No, the Hooters Hotel and Casino is a 
was that a joke that I didn't get? Uh Okay. Um, Brad got it. (laughs) Good. Um, Anyway. You can go back and watch this podcast again and then try to get it. And I'll be like, oh, man, (laughs) she got me. (laughs) But Mike, uh, so Mike Price, uh, my COO and myself, Mm -hmm. we left. uh, Well, okay. There's even more to the story. So we were, we had just had three really good trials with the product at Anaheim Angels, at UNLV, and Jacksonville Jaguars. And we uh, we were out of money from doing this trial, so uh-huh. completely out. Yeah. So we're hanging out at, at our barn in the middle of the field, uh, and it's his job to sell the thing on the phone, and it's my job to uh, make sure the dispenser works. So uh, that's the division of labor. He's calling, he's calling, he's calling, he's calling. Month goes by, two months go by, and I'm like, dude, what's the deal? Like, why aren't you doing your job? Dispenser works fine. And he's like, he's like, well, I mean, nobody understands what I'm saying when I'm talking to him. So I really think we should like drive down the West Coast and and show everybody the dispenser in person and and just show them because they don't believe me when I'm talking to them. They don't understand what I'm saying. And I'm like, that's a that's we, we don't have any money, which is usually my role as be I'm the one pushing. He's mm-hmm. the one saying we don't have any money. And um, so we must have really not had any money <laughs> if I was saying that. <laughs> And uh, he said, okay, I tell you what, you help me for two weeks, sell on the phone, and then we'll reconvene and we'll talk about it. And I'm like, okay. So it was the second day, a guy called me a liar and hung up on the phone. And I went over to his Mike's office and I said, you know what we need to do? We need to build a demo unit and we need to drive down the West Coast and show people what we're doing because people don't understand what we're saying, what we're saying on the phone. And he's like... <laughs> That's a great idea, That's a asshole. Great idea. So uh, when I get behind an idea, it moves pretty quickly. So uh-huh. two days later, we're in a van, uh, headed down the road, selling our wares. A uh, little side story: um, <laughs> my shipping manager thought it would be hilarious to hide uh, dick pics all over our sales material. <laughs> <laughs> So we get to the very first meeting in uh, the Portland Trail, not like the Trailblazers. We get to the very yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like a Little Mermaid cover. Yeah. We get to the very first meeting, and Mike opens his tablet to a big old dick pic <laughs> in front of this guy we're trying to pitch to. Business one hundred and one. Mike turns bright red. Oh my god. Bright red. I'm sitting next to him. Trying not to lose my shit laughing. He flips to whatever page in the notebook and we get through the meeting. But it was it was a great start to the trip. And uh, <laughs> so we are just, I mean, we're staying in the shittiest hotels. We can, I mean, $30 a night mm-hmm. places. Like, oh, yeah. afraid we're going to get murdered type yeah. stuff. And we get all the way down to Vegas. And um, we, were, we were doing a thing there, a demo there. And uh, some guys walked by and just struck up a conversation with us and one of them turned out to be the uh marketing director for hooters hotel and casino and he said hey you guys swing by and you know i'll show you the place have you ever seen a hooters girl pour a beer it's the most miserable thing anybody's ever seen a lot of waste terrible so oh, we, well yeah we, i guess i hadn't thought of it that yeah. way but yeah untrained bartender uh-huh. not necessarily just a hooters yeah, they're girl. not watching the tap they're not yeah. pulling the glass of the right way they're not tilting it to get the right head yeah, yeah. there's a lot of things that go Tons there's of a lot of stuff around. that goes into pouring a great beer there is a lot of stuff that goes into it and we uh we went there we hit it off for him and he let us stay there for as long as we needed to stay in our own rooms oh it was you didn't amazing. even have to share a room it didn't even have to share a room so yeah. we got Did to you stay think you the... hit the big time oh man i was were you making it was this the best idea fantastic. ever yeah. like you guys were going to be billionaires the next day yeah that's yeah. pretty much been every step of the way i'm like mm-hmm. every any second now yep. i'm going to be a millionaire yeah yep. any <laughs> any second yeah i'm just going to drink this beer 
Yeah. But anyway, that's one of my fun stories. And then the mischief ensued. I would imagine so. Yeah. I want to ask you about cold calling. Okay. How do you feel about cold calling? Um, I don't like doing it. I've done it. It's not as bad as it feels like it's going to be in your head. I'm really good at it. I still don't care to do it. Man. Mike is amazing at it. How? How do you get good at cold calling? You hate cold calling. And I'm not bad at it. I'm not bad at it at all. I just hate. It's like I would much rather be rejected face to face. Oh, me too. Than over the phone. I don't know what it is about the phone. Uh, And I know I need to do it and I do it and it has to be done. I just, this is is great that we're talking about this because I just recently, and it's not cold calling. It's like one step behind cold calling because of course I I took that step. I wasn't brave enough to take the cold calling one. That isn't (laughs) the real reason why I did it. I feel like my position is a little more integral Mm -hmm. and I need to understand it more if I'm going to, as the CEO. But regardless, it's still not quite as bad as cold calling. Um, But what I have found, because I'll be like, I'll be on the phone and I'll get halfway through like a message that I'm leaving. And I will fuck my own phone number three ways from Sunday. <laughs> and it's my own phone number. And I'm like, I, I, uh, so I'll mess it up a couple more times and then I'll finally get it out right. And I'll be like, well, I just sounded like a complete idiot. I, you know, hope you at least remember me is what I say in my head. And then I hang up the phone. So, you know, it couldn't be any worse than the worst person. I mean, yeah. they're going to remember it. I just kind of decided that I'm going to sound like a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's endearing. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. It could be. What I always run into is a maybe not getting to the right person, which is wasting way less time than going and meeting with people for you know hours and them being like, "This was awesome. We actually are not an Indian original. We're a franchise, but you just don't know that because our business is really good at marketing." You know, so you run into that thing. But they always ask me. They're like, "What's the catch?" I'm like. What do you mean? What's the catch? Like, well, this is a really good idea. What's the catch? Like, uh, there is no catch. Well, why has nobody else done this yet? I have no idea <laughs> because it was my idea. I don't know. So I run into like stupid questions and I don't really have a Those lot of... Those are great of... questions. Yeah, but I'm like, I get annoyed. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, this is a great idea. There is no catch. You're stupid if you don't sign up. Which I wouldn't say that. I don't say that out loud. I say that in my head. In my head. You'd have to in switch this. But okay, so I actually used to wear a rubber band around my wrist for anything that I needed to quit. And it would say on the rubber band what it was. So I had a really bad problem with cussing when I was in high school. Oh. The nuns didn't like that. So I had to wear a rubber band around my wrist. And anytime I cussed, I had to snap the rubber band. It has snapped the rubber mm-hmm. band. So what I what I just did there is anytime I say anything or even now think anything negative. Yeah. Or in a negative oh, connotation, whoa. I switch wrists. Okay. So if I'm like, that's fucking stupid. Uh-huh. Or I, you know, this is a piece of shit or yeah. whatever, I have to reframe How's that working it. out for you? It has been fantastic. It's, Good. It's been great for learning our ERP system. Okay. Like I'll reach a point where I'm like, this piece of shit that I pay $50,000 a year yeah. for. And I'm like, okay, it's got to be like that for a reason. Oh my I'm gosh. sure it's like that. There's something I just don't understand. So same thing with our website, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so we're a startup ourselves. Uh, we threw a bunch of money into a website that couldn't grow with us. So it was great for like a year. Yep, been there. Thousands of dollars. And we couldn't use it anymore. 
So I basically trapped myself in my dining room for three weeks and built our website. And I do the same thing. I'm like, Swearing this at is the screen. stupid. I'm like, wait, why would this work? I can't figure this out. Who built this stupid thing? And then I'm like, oh, that was me. <laughs> I'm like, well, people can still sign up. People are still finding businesses. People are still making money. We're good. And then later I'm like, this is the stupidest website ever. <laughs> so what Why? are you going to do? Well, it works. It functions. It's not the prettiest thing you've ever seen, but it works. And it's good. And not a single person has ever complained about it. Oh, they don't, though. That's the thing. Nobody complains about a website. I had somebody tell me our website was great the other day, and I'm like... Wow, I need to switch wrists for everything I'm thinking right now. <laughs> I'm like, you have no idea how horrible this website is. No idea. <laughs> so no clue. Our uh, marketing manager, he had just gotten his hair. He has curly hair. He had just gotten his hair straight and he was trying something new. And we had just started doing this. Okay. And he oh, walked so this in, is like a team thing? I tried to make it a team thing. I think okay. I'm the only one still doing it. Oh, well, give me a rubber band. I'll yeah. you because I need some positivity here. But you can also do things like, oh, you got a haircut. I think it really looks pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to really need you to stop saying I, those kinds of things like right when I take a swig of beer. I thought he was going to cry. Oh my God. Which made it so much better because <laughs> he's so sensitive about that kind Aww. of thing. But I never said anything bad. No, but you thought it. Yeah. But if it didn't come out loud, then you're making progress, right? <laughs> exactly. You're making progress. Oh, exactly. So back oh, to your website. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I find that people don't necessarily criticize you as much as you should be criticized. Not you personally, necessarily. Cause, I mean, I'll criticize well, you. because I'm awesome. Because you're awesome, so, yeah. Clearly. But um, people, aren't, people aren't that generous with the criticism, you know? Especially people that you respect the opinion of, necessarily. Like, it's usually some troll in a basement being like, Rah. Okay, so... Your makeup is stupid. Right? Yeah. So, one of the things we don't do... On IndianaOriginals.com is reviews. Oh. We do not do reviews because all it takes is one bad review from a disgruntled ex-employee, a customer who's not giving the full story, or somebody who's just a troll. Why don't you? Why don't you do this? Why don't you allow reviews and then screen the bad ones so everybody has a really good review? <laughs> Maybe we could upcharge for that. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've heard some other companies that think that's a great business model. Review screening. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Is that an Angie's List thing? What? <laughs> so we don't do reviews on IndianaOriginals.com. Now, we do handle um, discrepancies. We've had like one. And it turns out it was not the business's fault whatsoever. Um, but if there is something super serious, we're going to send them to the Better Business Bureau. Because people do not want to give, I'll say critiques, up front. No. They want to have a fake screen name or a fake username and completely blast someone and not give the full story whatsoever or not tell how it was resolved. Like, I will never forget. I went to go meet with a former Indiana Originals member. The owner has since retired. And so the business closed. And he asked me if we did reviews. And I said, no, we do not. But we, we do where we have an Indiana Originals member called Peopleocity. And they're an app that you can give direct feedback to the business that you're visiting. Mm -hmm. And so we do work with them, um, you know, on different things. But we don't do direct reviews on our site. He's like, well, why not? And I said, do you remember the very first time I came into your restaurant? He's like, well, yeah, I remember. It was like New Year's Eve. I said, do you remember how long I wait? And I was pregnant at the time. 
It's like, do you remember how long I waited at the door? People say that like before it's we a got thing. sat. Like, it's not my fault you're pregnant. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. you're the one that had sex. Oh, and I was really hungry. Okay, I wanted some food. I'm at your restaurant. You left me hanging at the door for ten minutes before even saying hello. And he's like, oh. You were there that long? I was like, yeah, I was there for 10 minutes. Do you remember how long I sat at my table before we had a server? He's like, well, no, how long you sit? I said, over 15 minutes before anyone even came over to say hello. It wasn't until we stood up to leave that a server came over to us. He's like, you know, and he had no idea. He's like, oh my gosh. He's like, well, I know we were short staffed that night because they had like three people calling sick. It was New Year's Eve, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. We knew what we were getting ourselves into going to, you know, a small local restaurant can hold 23 people. Okay. So I told him we ended up staying. The food was fantastic. We had a great experience and we're going to, you know, we've obviously come back. But what would happen to your business if I put that review on our website? Who's going to get to the part where the food was good and we've been back several times? Who's going to read that far? Well, you could alter it so it says the food is good first. Right. That's on me. Yeah. Not everybody's as awesome as I am. <laughs> not everybody cares about businesses like I do. No, I mean, you so as the probably host, not gonna... hoster of the site. Right. I could do that. Mm-hmm. But your general person isn't going to do that. They're not going to get to the good part. You know, they're going to be that troll that feels like they have to vent and put all this negativity into the world and talk about some horrible experience or, oh my gosh, I waited in line so for how five do we get, minutes. how do we get what? realistic good reviews out of people? It just doesn't work, does it? It's probably not going to work. Mm-hmm. Secret shoppers. That's some, that's a service we offer. We well, do see, now shopping. I've heard people abandon secret shoppers for reviews. Say that again? I've heard of people abandoning, I think Scott Weiss is one of them, mm-hmm. that has abandoned secret shoppers for uh, Twitter and Yelp. Which works out if it's a positive review. Or a negative review. The challenge, though, here, so here's the challenge. When you have a secret shopper, yeah. you get a direct report from that person mm-hmm. that you know is not going to go out of their way to bash your business. I would agree with If this. you have a contract with yeah. them. You know, they're, they're not, not going to go out of their way to share those negative things because you have a contract mm-hmm. with that secret shopper for these certain things that you're looking for as a business owner, and they are helping you figure out if those things are happening. Yeah, I Relying on Twitter or shopper. Facebook or Yelp or Angie's, that does not give you a chance to fix the situation before everybody else learns about it. Yeah. Yeah. So in my opinion, I would rather have a private conversation with that business owner than a public one where nobody knows how the story ended. I would agree with that. I, I mean, I see, I see the point of view of both things. I do really I think do. that maybe you'll get more raw criticism through those social media sites? Mm-hmm. Yes. Are you going to get the full story? Probably not. No. Are you even going to get a response from that person who was so mad that they felt compelled to write that about you in the first place? Yeah, our only, like, one of our only bad reviews that is on Facebook, I've personally replied to mm-hmm. and never got a response. You're never going to get a response. You have no guarantee that you're going to get a response. They're still using our equipment. Mm-hmm. I went there. I even went to his bar. I wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. But who's going to believe it? Hey, you know, yes, we had this negative review, 
But they still use our equipment. They still pay us. Everything seems to be fine. They're never going to tell you that. But Damn it. I should know. have took pictures of myself with the equipment okay. while I was there. So there you go. So how do you respond to that as a business owner? I, well, I responded under the I response. You should give okay. you should give business owners a chance to respond back. Exactly. Exactly. If you're a business owner, and then give themselves like a six star review to offset the. <laughs> Right. Bad we can review. figure out that star thing. If we can yeah. figure out a better formula like for the, the stars. The business like, is allowed to give a seven star review to offset the Right. So like let's say you got whatever. like a three star review, but the business owner replied, then you get the five you know, you get two more stars back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we could figure out some kind of service. And that like would that. cause interaction, which would be better because I mean because neg- I love I love negative reviews. They're yeah. my absolute I never have they're one. my Tell absolute like. favorite. You've never had a negative. That's because you don't I allow have all five stars. Because you don't on allow uh, reviews. I have, but on Facebook, I can't block that. You got a solid five star review on Facebook. Solid five stars, yeah. As your radio personality or yourself? <laughs> we weren't talking about radio personality. I thought I was talking about my business. Oh, here. Your business. Let's not talk about my reviews okay. as a radio I was personality. Say, how do you make it through I have life no with five idea. star reviews? I don't trust no, anybody no, no. with the rock solid people either, five star review. People either love me or they hate me as long as they listen. <laughs> Hey, that's I'm good a, with it. Isn't that Thank a Dale you, Earnhardt quote? I think it's Howard Stern. It's Dale Earnhardt too. Well, yeah. do we listen to him it's or do one, we watch him? Well, he's dead. Well, we don't do either. So <laughs> we don't do either. Whichever one works. No, wait. What were we talking about? Oh, the <laughs> you're talking about how much reviews. you love negative reviews. I love negative reviews because they're so much fun to respond to because there yeah. is uh, they're usually somebody that's being shitty. You know, and you kind of like you put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Like that person was having a bad day. Like you know, you, try, you so you're real cordial, and you just run them into the ground with the intelligence in which you respond. Yeah, is what usually what I do. So they can't say anything bad back, and if they do, they're gonna sound like an even bigger asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I don't know. I just have a really great time with it. Everybody in my company knows that if, if there's a negative review, that is to be forwarded to me so I can personally respond to it because mm-hmm. it's the bestest time ever. So there's the key though. Making the time to personally respond to them. Yeah. Lots of business owners. Well, look at the Kilroy's one. That was a great response. Oh my gosh, to a negative that was review. epic. Yeah. Epic. And how much PR did they get off of that? Exactly. You can turn every single negative review into that. Epic. I'm positive of it. Epic. Unless, and the only way you couldn't do it is if you truly did a bad job. Exactly. Exactly. So figuring out what to do with that, yeah. if you're even paying attention. I can't tell you how many businesses I've seen. See, you do. Okay, you make an effort of that. And you understand the value of that. I thought you meant just now. Well, I'm glad you're paying attention now and then. But think about all the Facebook pages that are up there with businesses. And I'll look. I'm one of those people. I'll look at comments. You know, I'll look at posts. And I'm blown away by how many are not responded to. It's tragic. I don't get it. I respond to every single one. It's tragic. And I try it's, to do it unbelievably fast, so like Danny O'Malley taught but me. But we recently were at a point where we weren't responding. Mm-hmm. I mean, we fixed it pretty easily with a bunch of canned responses. But yeah, it's easy to get to fall into that space. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to have somebody point it out to you, be like, "Hey, you haven't, you know, you're you're not responding very well." Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so you miss the chance sometimes to fix whatever happened in that negative review. Yeah. Because you don't see it or you're not responding to it or something maybe did happen, but you don't have time to figure out who was working that shift to figure out what the full story was. You know, like if you're going to have reviews accessible, you have to have someone in charge of reviewing your reviews. 
and figuring out what that is. I would agree with this. And so with Indiana Originals, a lot of our businesses on there, you know, they're mom and pops that are really good at whatever they're making. They might not be great at marketing. They might not be great at their Facebook page. They might not be great at their books. You know, they have an accountant that helps them out once a year. Do you know what I mean? How are they going to respond to Facebook reviews? You're going to tell, you're going to be like, Hey, you got a review. They're going to call me and they're going to say, Hey Mel, we need help with this and I'll help them with that. But that's my whole point. You know, like unless you have time to be able to manage that. It sounds like another revenue stream. Right. Doesn't it? It kind of does. Write that down on your, your legal pad here. Okay. Your legal pad here. Okay. Write that down for me. I know the next business sitting here listening to this entire conversation. <laughs> it, 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 I don't know that the technology completely exists for this business to happen just yet. It'll probably have to happen when we all get the mark of the beast and have ID chips and all that fun stuff that <laughs> people will yell and scream about. Um, but Uber is kind of doing it right now. You just marry the two. You take an Uber ride. You review Uber. At the exact same time, the Uber driver is reviewing you. Oh. And because oh. you are tied to the Uber app, it doesn't matter. You're always going to be the one that puts in the information. Therefore, they're going to see what kind of customer you are. Now we just got to have to figure out how to translate this to restaurants and to places like that. Maybe it's you. Uh, maybe nice it's op- maybe open tables already halfway there. <laughs> and the restaurant just needs to, oh, well, they reserved this you know so therefore Maybe we can open review table is halfway i know that's right great i would um, not want to see people reviewing me like Why? as a customer but if you were a shitty I, oh, I, I, and again it's cumulative so if you had a bad day and that person reviews you as a bad customer yeah it's one thing yeah. if that's the same review and I, over, but if it and i'm like hey i had a really bad day today i haven't eaten anything all day i'm really grouchy blah 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 blah, blah. true but i'm saying you know a cumulative review though should give you a decent chance at mm-hmm. actually giving you real personality if you're a dick all the time you're going to be reviewed as a dick all the time if you yeah, have one you bad day who those people are you got one bad review and the rest are positive there's something here. I just don't know exactly I, what yet. I don't know what it is yet either, but I, I think you're on. As long something. as we can figure out how to monetize it, I'm good. It's theirs too. Yeah, it, it's all there. You know, Twitter hasn't done it yet, so why not? Not <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's not make any money. Let's not be make a great it. business. Yeah, we'll be just a great keep business. taking it from investors and <laughs> saying it's going to be worth billions. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can sort of uh, uh, another aspect to it is you could marry the restaurant review mm-hmm. with the person's review and kind of give an average of. You know, find out a point system of, well, is this person always negative reviewing everything? Would they, you know, so it kind of skews it a little bit better. So the restaurant isn't getting slammed by one bad person who does that to everybody. Am I crazy to think that there are actually people out there that are paid to like negatively review businesses? Yes. There has to be. No, no. So here's a business model. (laughs) I guarantee people would pay me, not me necessarily, but well, maybe me. People would pay me. To give negative reviews to their competition. Oh my God, what's going on up there? Don't you think, I mean, I would never do it, but I think that's a genius idea. Mark it down, it's mine, trademarked right here on you this podcast. You have it, you terrible person. Isn't that horrible? Yes. Well, I might have good ideas that are good for business. They might not be idea. great for people. Paid baby murder service. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. Horrible idea. Sorry, that was a bad but, joke in the context of the entire conversation. Okay. Remember, lots of counseling. We're good. Mm-hmm. So... I'm telling you that, like, I feel like there are some people that purposely go out and they might have a fake username, but they go out and try to slam the competition of whomever they're working for. It could be, 
how let's say you have like ethnic restaurants. Oh no, I get it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, so like I got a pizza joint, and I'm gonna pay the pizza joint assassin. Yeah, to go, to take go bad slam review. That exactly. Him and his Italian family. We're all going to write a review. Right. I think there's some of <laughs> I'm that not sure happening. It works like that. I'm pretty sure like. Well, Yelp if has, not, like, it should. And it should be shit. underground somewhere <laughs> hidden very far down. I feel like this is like how the Godfather started. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get negative reviews unless you pay me. I feel like we're heading down a really dark path here. I, no, I don't know. I am Italian. <laughs> I don't know. But do you see what I mean? Like reviews. I, I just don't think there's any legitimacy to reviews. Because I've even read positive reviews, and I'm like, you're, you obviously weren't there because they don't even serve that. Hmm. Well, I so know it's that really hard to figure out the credibility. How about that? I we'll say credibility. That the credibility of reviews, I take with. I a question of the salt credibility of reviews completely, but I do look at the star rating and go, ooh, five stars. Right. I know. Yeah. I look at my. But then I read them and I'm like, these are all shit. <laughs> but then like I still look write at anything. the stars. Yeah. Or this was written by. Uh, the person that owns the restaurant five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. yeah. Which is a good idea if you have a restaurant and yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, give yourself five stars. Yeah. Until somebody takes them away. I mean, hey. Donald Trump does it. Every damn day. <laughs> every damn day. Five out of five stars. Every damn day. Give yourself five stars every day. Every damn day. I I do it. Yeah. I wish we should all do it. Mm. I'm good with it. <laughs> draft beer warp speed well after that dark rabbit hole um <laughs> we can climb out of it we come on we can do it we're professionals yeah. here no i'm not <laughs> you are <laughs> i have to keep stopping myself from asking you the questions you can ask me questions. I'm the one being, like, do you have any questions you would like to ask me oh my gosh i have like 50 million give me one oh my gosh okay so what is the response when people first see what this, because you talked to earlier about doing a cold call and it doesn't make any sense over the phone, mm-hmm. but people see it. What, what does that do to their business model? How does that change their business model? It doesn't change their, or not their business model, but how does that change? So one of the downsides of the product that it is, it is too, too bul- not, bulky, no, too uh, that's my fourth beer. Um, <laughs> too unbelievable. Okay. Like the benefits are too unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, people's first reaction when they see it for the first time is, well, hold on. This is not going to be good. You're going to have to edit this out of the the show, but I got to show you a picture. Is there um, boobs? <laughs> yeah, actually, but let's see. This is people's first reaction. We caught this in Norway at a music festival on the GoPro that was filming the whole thing. Oh, come on. Where is it? Can I take this time to say about, was it the Norway trip or the, one of the trips from years past where you were sending dick pics to girlfriends and also wound up with another dick pic in the slide? What? This was part of the episode one on the Hammer Nigel show. Oh, when I sent, when I accidentally <laughs> yeah. sent a dick pic to a vendor. Yes. Oh, oh. So the, why is it not in my? So the West Coast what? trip wasn't the first time the dick pic was. Um, okay. It wasn't. It wasn't the only time. The only time. <laughs> well, that wasn't my dick pic. That was from some gay porno mags <laughs> <laughs> that my buddy thought well, it would be funny relief. to cut up and at least hide this everything. time you're like 
Well, it was my dick pic, so at least it's part of the company. Yeah, but it wasn't. It, it was it's such a bad dick pic that I wanted to take another one and send it to the vendor and be like, it doesn't really look <laughs> like, like just that. kidding. It wasn't I, I, mine. Might I add that? What are you doing taking bad dick pics to begin with? I mean, I was half asleep. I just woke up. I, I, I get know. it, but I mean, okay, learn a lot from the women. When the selfies come out, they take a look at the selfie. They uh, no, do it again, do it again, do it again. At, le- at least a lot of people do. Um, yeah. You've never sent someone, you know, it was well, I've never a, sent it. it I've sent never sent a dick so. pic. I don't know. I don't know. First off, why? And second, it, you know, you've never sent a bad picture of yourself to a loved one, like making a funny face, like, you know. Yeah. You so your dick was that. making a funny face to the loved one. Exactly. Was- My dick was making a funny face in this particular picture. God damn it. I don't have the picture. Where did it? Was it in my time hop? Must have been. Which app was it? Which, one? Which app was it in? <laughs> Which one? I've got app confusion. It's gone. It's that needs all, to be an app. App confusion. <laughs> I don't know what it does, but... It's basically... Um, <laughs> thanks, Brad, for just dragging me through the cold. <laughs> it's probably... What, probably I, I was just... I don't uh, this was, this was my now. way to link back to episode one for people who missed it. You know, for the, <laughs> Oh, you're trying to link them all together? Yeah, search Go engine back, optimism. Check it out. Yes. Actually, uh, due to the uh, episode that we released today... Uh, you know the, the that first, was episode one yeah that was actually episode one it was with doug carr so you'll hear about this probably 16 17 episodes down the road um he ca- i came up with a, a great idea if somebody could figure out the exact order of every single episode that we've done not including the hammer and nigel one because that one was technically i guess the first but it mm-hmm. wasn't really our show we just kind of co-opted it but um there are clues in each of the episodes that give you a good idea as to who we might be talking about later on that shows up, you know, I mean, if you were smart enough and went through it, you could piece together which order every episode was recorded in as opposed to released it. If you did that, we should have a prize. Uh, yeah. A pretty big prize. Cause you I, would be a stalker. Cause we are not that cool yet. And a super no. fan. Super fan. Maybe would a be super great. fan. Actually, I should use the radio lingo. You're a super fan. You're oh. a P one. You're a P one. What's a P one. So a P1 is somebody who goes to your station first, mostly only listens to your station. You're the absolute favorite station. You're the station that they're going to tell everybody about. Like, that's a P1. So, like, you're their number one choice. What's a P2? Somebody who likes you a lot, but maybe is dating other people. Oh, okay. So, like, a P1 would be somebody that you're going steady with. Okay. And a P2 would be somebody that might still be dating around. That's a pretty good analogy. Thanks. Let's talk about that rating system for a minute okay. and how bullshit it is. Total bullshit. Yeah. It's Total. absolute bullshit. I found yeah. out about it uh, and I'm like, wait a minute. Your ratings are scored how? Yeah. Well, And you let that bother you. Why? It's it's better <laughs> bullshit than what we used to deal with. So yeah. it used to be in the used diary to be a book. world, yeah. which was a book that you actually wrote down what you listen to or who you listen to. Let's, let's let's back up a bit and say exactly what you're saying so people can hear this because it absolutely blows my mind that that we have we're we're talking about star ratings balancing each other out and radio is rated via this ancient archaic method. Yes, yes. So so there's different so there's different methods to what's out there right now. So one system is the diary system, which mm-hmm. you're going to find in smaller markets like Terre Haute. The other system 
is the people meter system, which you're going to find in a mm-hmm. city like Indianapolis or And Archer. is brand new in the grand scope of things. And yes, it's fairly new technology. Yes. Latest, greatest. Yes. So yeah. they measure two different things. Diary ratings measure recall. PPM ratings measure exposure. So here's how it works in a nutshell. If you're in a diary market, you might have 50 people in your entire region that get this little diary. And they are expected 50 to people write down. And how many? Out of like thousands, like thousands, 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 thousands. So We're I don't know how big Terre Haute is. But add, so here, so to give you perspective. Because when I heard the number for Indy, I was like, huh? Yeah. So Terre Haute, like in Radio World, is like market 214 now, mm-hmm. something like that. And they, they can change. They can go up and down. Indianapolis is market, I think we're market 38 now. It was like 40 that, yeah. for the longest time. Now I think we're up to 38. So that has to do with the population size and who gets your signals. So our Indianapolis radio stations have pretty big signals. Mm-hmm. You know, you can listen to them to Lafayette. They do. Down I actually drove quite a ways the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on where your tower yeah. is and how many watts you have, you know, it can be a pretty big signal. So in Terre Haute, you're in a diary market. So they give these books to people and expect them to write down exactly who they listen to and for how long they listen to. And these people can actually leave comments about you as well. So when I worked in Terre Haute, they could be like, Mel talked about this today and I thought it was stupid. Or Mel talked about this today and it was awesome. I didn't know that Blake Shelton was coming to town. You know, it could be something like that. And so they expect you to write down... 140 characters or less. Right, basically. For a population of 61,000. For a population of 61,000 people, you have 50 people representing (laughs) 61,000. Okay. So they write down what they remember listening to. So basically, the stations with the biggest marketing, the longest heritage, the most known personalities are the ones that are going to get credit for those scores, right? Yep. Well, here in Indianapolis, it works a little different now because we're in this PPM world. So people actually wear something that looks like a pager that pulls down the HD signal from the frequency and records what they're listening to when. So you could be in your car listening to Country 97.1 Hank FM on a Sunday morning between 6 and noon, hanging out (laughs) with Mel. And you'll get credit for listening to that. But let's say you have a dentist appointment on Monday. And you go in and you're listening to B105.7, which I'm also on. You'll <laughs> yes. get credit for we, listening we to that. We even, stopped keeping track of plugs, but you're doing a good job. <laughs> even if it's like your most hated station, like, oh my gosh, I hate soft rock. It doesn't matter. If you're wearing that meter. You're listening to You're it. listening to it. Mm-hmm. That station's going to get credit for that exposure. So B105.7 is, you know, it's your soft rock station. It's what you hear in every dentist office, every doctor's office, every public office place because it's, it's a safer station. You don't have to worry about what they're going to say on there. People don't listen. You know, my bosses don't really listen to what I say on there. So they have no idea if I'm being safe or not. <laughs> but yes. do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things mm-hmm. where it's played everywhere. So you're going to get a lot of credit for that because a lot of people are being exposed to that. So you would think in 2016, we might have a better technology so, that could determine who is really listening to what, but we don't. That's the best we have to work with. I completely agree with you. And this, so I just, the other day I was, uh, I was at a dinner 
and I was talking to somebody who I'd met in the green room of uh, Indiana on or inside Indiana business, mm-hmm. Gary Dick. Yep. And uh, she w- was actually kind of relatively serendipitous because she had just been told about this new show that she needed to get on. She's a like a power executive is what mm-hmm. she would be defined as career okay. woman. See, she you know goes around being CEOs of different companies to bring them to oh. scale. And she had just been told about this new show that she needed to be on by the name of Launchpad, which oh, was really neat. Okay. And my, I was I was at dinner with my vendor, and the vendor knew her. They were friends. Gotcha. It was it was just really kind of neat how the whole thing worked out. Mm-hmm. But we started talking, and uh, she said, "You guys have a blue ocean strategy." And I said, "What's a blue ocean strategy?" She said, "Well, there's red ocean and there's blue ocean. Blue ocean is when you just don't really give a shit what everybody else is doing." Okay. And you only focus on what you want to do and the way you want to do it to change the world and the way you want to change it. And <clears throat> what's left behind is your wake is red ocean of people fighting over an industry and cutting costs and trying to outdo each other at the same thing. That's red ocean. Gotcha. So it's much more profitable to be blue ocean. It's also much more dangerous because you don't know what's out in the ocean. I like blue. You do like blue. We like yes. Blue. What you're doing, but the, some of the stuff that you've heard in like, why has nobody done this? Yeah. That's blue ocean. So you're, yeah. you're pushing out into blue ocean. A lot of entrepreneurs for the most part are. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is very scary territory. Which is very scary, tor- scary, tor- <laughs> scary territory. How many are you on? Is that five? No, this is still, still four. four. Okay. Um, do we have a counter that pops up? We should. Up? Yeah. A host counter. If not, I we really need a timer on that has like You can always tell like my, my lips get super soft when I'm <laughs> been drinking. Um, my tongue. Anyway, so uh, this is a perfect opportunity for somebody in radio to take a Blue Ocean stance because the way the radio stations grade themselves is so skewed and so poorly done that it would be really easy to just come in and use some common sense and be like, this is what we're going to do. We don't really give mm-hmm. a shit about anything that's in place. And we could kill every market ever right. and own everything overnight. Right. And depending on what company owns that radio station uh-huh. is where you're going to get those different attitudes. So the very first station I ever worked at, 92.3 WTTS. It's out of Bloomington, independently owned and operated. Their headquarters are in Bloomington privately owned company they don't have shareholders they can do whatever the heck they want Uh and nobody cares they don't even subscribe to nielsen they do really well in the ratings but they don't even subscribe to it so you're not going to even see them in the books (laughs) and they don't care you know what they do an awesome job like you're number two who's number one Uh, doesn't matter doesn't matter (laughs) doesn't matter but when you have a company you know, like the one I work for, you know, it's it has shareholders. You know, there's different things that you have to look at. There's also a lot of different entities besides radio that that company owns. So there's a lot of different things in the mix there. And what, what I really think is great for radio is when people can make local decisions. Mm-hmm. That's the advantage I have for the stations I work for is my bosses, because I have three of them, are given the power to make local decisions. You know, they don't have to run up to the seventh floor and ask, is it okay if we do this? No, they're able to be in charge of their markets. They can respond to the markets. They can do what they want to do, as crazy as it is. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But that's what makes radio fun. And the, re- the reality is more people are listening to radio than paying attention to any other medium. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, where do you listen to it? You listen to it in your car. Mm-hmm. You listen to it when you're in an office. You well, I think radio's always got a place. I mean, 
I, I was just watching something on how they were afraid that TV was going to take out radio. And I'm like, that's never going to happen. Everything. I mean, Spotify is never going to take out radio. It's just not going to happen. Everything is supposed mm-hmm. to take out radio. Think of every single new technology it's been up against. MTV is supposed to take out radio. Right. Well, guess what? Now it's broadcasting the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Now it's reality television. Yeah. How real is that? It's so sad. So sad. You know, radio just has, you know, this, this power and it can get the attention of listeners if you're an advertiser. If you are a radio personality, you have that option, you know, you have that chance to connect with listeners mm-hmm. and brighten their day or tell them about something they need to know. On a really personal or, level, too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, honestly, to me, anytime I am doing a show, I just pretend I'm talking to my best friend on the phone. That's how I do it. And, you know, I've been in radio since I was 19. Supposedly, it's still working out okay. You know, and that's how I do it. But there are so many different things. Like, you know, it's really when, in 1996, when they deregulated how many stations a company can own, is really when the radio industry changed. You know, I came into radio 2003, 2004. You know, voice tracking had already been introduced. So you didn't necessarily have live shows all the time. Companies could own eight stations in a market by that point, which was unheard of, you know, in the 90s. And so you had this really local feel before. You could do all kinds of really local things and you could do crazy stuff. And if it didn't work, that's okay because it only affected you and your team. It didn't affect all these people up here looking at the numbers and counting all these pennies. Have you ever seen WKRP in Cincinnati? No. One of my favorite shows. It lasted a season. It was about a radio station in Cincinnati and all the crazy things that happened there every day. One of the biggest stunts they ever did was on Thanksgiving and the general manager swore turkeys could fly. So he dropped turkeys out of an airplane over this grocery store parking lot. Isn't this a true story? Just in the show. I it think just it's happened a true story. I think it's a, I think this is a I true story. I think it just happened on this. If it happened if if it really happened in real life, I want to meet these people. I think this is a true story. Really so this happened in this Thanksgiving episode. But because that person owned the station and they only had to worry about what his, he only had to worry about what his mom thought about it, <laughs> he was able to do this crazy turkey promotion. You know, and that's like the best part of Owning a business, you know, being able to make these crazy decisions and doing these crazy promotions. And, you know, if it doesn't work, you know, we tried it. It happened. We had a lot of fun doing it. Didn't work. That's okay. That's exactly how I view uh, what I'm doing. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. Do you have any shareholders? Do you have anybody buying into this? No, we are completely unfunded. We're grassroots. We're doing it from the ground up. And yes, it's much harder to do it that way. And yes, we've had people say, you know. Would you be interested in discussing this? And part of me is like, oh my gosh, yes, it would be so much more helpful. Well, you, you can make to them sign stuff that says that they have no control over the money they give you. I get that, yeah. but that's not what they want. They want a piece of it because they want their ideas in there too. At least the people that I've worked with personally. Yeah, I really, I just wish that. Yeah, and I'm like, no, not going to work out. Yeah, not going to happen. And yeah, it's much harder being unfunded. I mean, we are a self-funded company. We've put our personal mm-hmm. money in here to do this. Fortunately, with the way it's designed, we don't have a ton of overhead. You know, we're not producing a product. You know, I don't have an assembly line. I built the website myself, 
we have an official printing partner, Molar Printing, that works with us to get everything that we need printed. We have great Indian Originals members that I'm like, hey, I really need this. Can we work something out? Very supportive of this idea. Nice. And we're we're you worked out your own barter system right? where you're like you're have. the bookie. You're the fucking <laughs> bookie in this whole bookie. this network. I told you I was good at sales. That's right? good. Yeah, totally the bookie. But they get benefit out of it. You know, like I create win-win situations for everybody. So it's not just me being like, hey, I need this or I'm going to kill your kids. You know, it's not <laughs> not quite that quite that deep. Thanks. But being unfunded is really hard. But I also know how hard I'm working and how much I'm putting into it to get this to grow because I really believe in Indiana Originals. I really believe in what we're doing. And I love reading the testimonials that I put up on our website of how we've helped a business. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, I got a text message the other day of somebody that found, you know, some company found them on our website. I'm like, that's awesome. Because if that didn't happen, there would really be no reason. Maybe for us you to should exist. do more testimonials for your like your customers. Maybe that's a we could segue back to the star rating. You can, oh, I should really get on LinkedIn. It's a five I? star testimonial coming at you. I should. I should. <laughs> write that down for me. Five write star testimonials. Down. Yeah, write that down on your legal pad. <laughs> I'll take a picture of it with my phone before I go. I love how she's co-opted you to become her secretary. Which is the worst because she's going to be like. I don't know what any of that says. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we rewind the tape so I can figure out what the hell we there were talking about when you wrote that down? She's going to find out I can't spell real quick. Yeah. Most really smart people can't. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that something just really smart people say? No. Um, my husband, I think, is super, super intelligent. Horrible smeller. Hor- speller. <laughs> <laughs> Two beers. Two beers. No sandwiches. Two beers. Horrible speller. Well, shit. I thought I was always intelligent. Now I can spell. So, <laughs> hey, at least I you can't can math good though. So, <laughs> there you Perfect. go. There's always something. Yeah, really There's smart people something. can't math good. <laughs> yeah. Can't math good. Yeah. Oh my god. So I I I realized the other day after 33 years of being alive why my handwriting is so bad. Because you were supposed to be a doctor. Because I was supposed to be a doctor. No, because I would, when I was little in grade school. I was such a bad speller that I thought that if I just wrote it so people couldn't read it, that nobody would be able to tell that I was a bad speller. Man. And my handwriting just stayed bad and my spelling never got any better. So, you know. Fascinating. Yeah. I've been given another theory on that. What? I've been told that if you have horrible handwriting. You're amazing in bed. You heard that? You heard it here first. I'll agree with that one. (laughs) If you have horrible handwriting, it's... Partly because your academic age was not matched with your social age when you were in grade school. So maybe you weren't in the right academic setting when you were taught to write, like you weren't ready for it yet. Well, I was held back in the second grade, so. Okay, well, there you go. I'm just, no. Yeah. See, they tried you twice. Yeah, they put, they even put me in the special class for a little bit. They still couldn't get it right. Yeah. See, I have great handwriting. I was 16 when I graduated high school. So there might be something behind that. Maybe. Probably not. I don't think any of this associates whatsoever at all. It doesn't. And then the it people that try to make it associate. You when they were <laughs> teaching you how to write your letters. That's really all it is. How yeah. big was that graph paper with the blue and red lines on it? And how much did they pay attention to I, you? But I'm an, I'm an amazing pinstriper. Like a, 
Really? Yeah, with like okay. a paintbrush and yeah. paint. Like I can just, it's, really? and then I write a word and it's like, what the fuck? See, I'm horrible. I'm hor- I'm like, straight line, what? Nope. See? Hmm. It all balances yeah. out. It, it no. all balances out. I guess. I'm doing okay. I think you've done okay for yourself so far. So far. It's I'm, only been 33 years. It's so only been 33 plenty years. plenty of time to screw up between now and then. Yeah. I'm good at faking it until I make it. So we don't know what stage I'm in. Yeah. Like, is he faking it right now or is he making it right now? Right. Or is he faking it right now or is he making it right now? Same here. There's like a club of us, I think, (laughs) that are really good at that. And I'm not great at identifying them Mm -mm. right away, but I think that is truly a skill. Identifying people that are faking it until they're making it or being one of them? No, being one of them. So there's genuine, there's, there are, there are, there are several classes of that I think I have found. There are people that are genuinely faking it hoping they make it yeah and then there there are people that are trying really fucking hard to make it Mm -hmm. and don't know they're faking it yeah and i feel like i'm that person so i'll be like i'm i'm gonna do this and then i get in and i'm like i have no fucking idea what i'm doing right so i was kind of always the person where if something needed to be done at a job I was at, I'd be the one that was thrown into it. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, give it to Mel. She'll figure it out. I can only imagine how well I would have done if I actually had training. <laughs> or if somebody actually invested in what they were asking me to do. But that's always how I've been. Like, I've always been that fake it till you make it. Yeah. I mean, I was a server. You sound like the type of person that can accomplish that though and there are a lot of people that can't and i i actually struggle that with with my i struggle with that with my employees like i expect them to do the same thing yeah but and it doesn't and it doesn't lend itself to them because they're not all going to be that same personality type right uh i've often been called a chameleon you know i can kind of blend in with whatever group i'm with yes which lends itself well to that fake it till you make it kind of thing Mm mm-hmm but it's also exhausting and really that, frustrating. Does that lend itself to the radio personality as well? I think so too. Because if you think about... Because you're a show person, right? Because I, yeah, I feel like I have some of those same qualities of being like a CEO type. Like you have to... You have to, you be have to always to be put... You have to, to always be on. Yeah, you're always on. I feel like I'm always on. Yeah. One of the... Uh, I didn't realize it at the time that it was a compliment, but now I realize it was a compliment, is I had a meeting with um, my former operations manager... And he was like, Mel, we can put you in front of any audience and you'll fit in. So we don't really know what to do with you. So at the time, it it was kind of like a backhanded compliment. Do you know what I mean? Like he was trying to say, there's a place for you because we can put you anywhere and you'll figure it out. So it's not like when my t-ball coach was like, you're equally good at all positions. Were you equally bad at all of them? Yes, that's the okay, joke. So, yep. Yeah, so no, this mm-hmm. is not the same kind okay. of thing. But like now, I'm on a news talk station. I'm on a country station. And I host the All 80s Weekends. Three completely different formats. Mm-hmm. But yet I've been doing it for years. I've always found a way to fit in. And if I get complaints, I don't really know about them. So obviously they're not that bad. Yeah. You know, but kind it's of a tremendous talent. Being able to... I've never really looked at it that way, but thanks. I'll take that. Yeah, I guess it is. It is. 
you know, it's one of those things where you always wonder what you're really good at. And I'm kind of, that's kind of what I'm good at is mm-hmm. just it's awesome figuring out where could... to fit in. You know, like how do you, you feel like it's ever something you get lost in? Like you're so busy, like trying to be everything in all these places that you're like, what the, wait, where am I normally? Like everything stops spinning. And then you're like, I'm sitting on the couch and am I on the 80s station? Right. Okay. So it's funny you say that. So I actually have flashcards so I can remind remind myself which station I'm on. Netflix time. (laughs) So I can remind myself which station I'm on, which now that I don't have pregnancy brain anymore is much easier to do. But when I was pregnant, I would honestly say like, hey, it's Blake Shelton on an all 80s weekend on B105.7. No, no, it's not. We don't play Blake Shelton on this station. So yes, I honestly would mix those up. But I think before... About five beers ago, we were talking about kind of that. Maybe it was four beers ago. We're talking yeah, about that roll. Half beer this time. I stopped it early. Oh, okay, yeah. you stopped it early. So when we were talking about kind of that role and identity thing. So when I was telling the La Jolla story about how somebody was like, "Oh, are you Mel McMahon?" I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I used to be." Okay, so then before I would say yes, it was very exhausting. I had no idea who I was because at that time I was on a top forty station. Wait, no, the top 40 station had moved. So I was on a news talk station. I was on a country station. Oh, I was on the same three stations I'm on now. <laughs> Crazy how that all comes full circle. I'm on the exact same stations I'm on now. The difference is I had no idea who I was then as a person. Mm-hmm. I was whatever they wanted me to be. Whereas now I can say, I'm Mel. I'm fun-loving. I'm you know, excited to meet new people. I'm interested in X, Y, Z, you know, a lot of different things. Your Tinder profile. Yep. But my role, right. So my role is I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a business owner. I'm a radio personality. also put that on your Tinder profile. (laughs) Is that the one where they swipe? Yeah. Okay. I'll throw that on there. (laughs) Don't tell my husband. I'm just kidding. I'm not on that. I don't have that app. You see my phone, you know, my password. It's not on there. So, (laughs) you know, I, I could separate my role and my identity now. So now I've just learned that I'm kind of good at catering to my audience, which lends it really well to being a CEO because sometimes I'm meeting with somebody on a farm who's growing hops. And if I show up in a suit and be like, who the heck is this lady? But if I don't show up in a suit to somebody who owns 52 gas stations across the state, and just show up in jeans and a t-shirt, that's not going to be mm-hmm. a great impression. You know, so I think kind of being able to blend in but still stand above the crowd a little bit has really helped me kind of in my my business endeavor because I'm able to read people a little easier and relate to them a little bit more as opposed to just being, this is Mel and this is the only version of her you get. I don't think I change who I am. I just change how I relate to people. Yeah, I dig it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I get it. So maybe that's a really long answer to whatever you asked. It me, was I don't a even great answer. What the question was? It was a great answer. But do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I think, like you'll always get me. Mm-hmm. You'll just get a version of me that's maybe a little more interesting to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do that as humans if we're good at conversation. Right. It's that speaking. Yeah. If skill. you if you've read How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yes. You should at least like. It's a good book. It's it's a book I hand out to people all the time. And uh, it's it's definitely a good quality to have because 
nobody gives a shit that you collect stamps and you should really don't no mm-hmm. they really don't unless they also collect stamps and, and then, they want to buy all of them from you and do you collect stamps i don't okay do you <laughs> no okay no <laughs> then we're not gonna talk about no. it i used to collect shot glasses <laughs> And then in a very weak moment, I decided to give them all away, which is really dumb because I had like 221 and now I'm really regretting it because I had nowhere to put them and I didn't want to leave them in a box. And now I have the it's perfect place that, to put them. And it's fine that you gave that up. It's okay. Should I collect beer distributor things now? The mag- You should go to collect the magnets. I like the magnets. Yeah. Can we show the magnet again? Yep. Have we had anybody watch the show yet? Is this live? Are we live right now? <laughs> no, we're, we're, we should be live. We should have a live feed to this thing. But no. And then we'll tweet, hey, we're live. And then people can watch it live if they want to I catch like all it. the fucking crazy shit that he has to cut out that I end up saying. That's funny. It's coming. And let's put it this way. I I don't think I've ever cut anything out of the show. So whatever. I mean, I cut the bathroom breaks every now and then where Josh is just like, okay, bathroom break takes off. I, I'm about to do that right now. Although, right, I was Carl, open the bathroom break. Later. Well, we should probably get close to ending the show anyway <laughs> <laughs> we've gone almost two hours oh okay. almost. really almost wow yeah, not nice bad work. i like it <laughs> it's a fun show especially when you're drinking and you get it talking is. business and we just do this like every week i know right yeah that's this a great awesome. we're doing it again tomorrow but you're not here i'm not here tomorrow i wasn't invited who's here tomorrow i think we are i gotta double well, now see i gotta cut this part out <laughs> after i just said i don't cut anything so out. you got carl doniger down to a fraction of what that whole thing was. Well, there was a lot of after stuff that wasn't even part of the show. I think uh, that's where the majority of mm. time went on that Two show. Two and a half hours later. Okay, that's where <laughs> yeah. it came from. Great episode. I do have to. Okay. We can wrap it up. It's been a uh, it's been a great interview. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're a very interesting person. I'm not usually on this side, so it was really cool to kind of be on... I'm not usually the, on this the side interviewee until side. I started this deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's cool. This was a lot of fun. So thanks you, for having me. You've, you've given us a lot of valuable information and well, thank you. life lessons and a lot of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Some really of which Josh just But I didn't that. get. Yeah. <laughs> which is really unusual. <laughs> is, it, is it? I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for yeah. having me. This is you great. You should get I'm a little excited. bit more beer so we can cheers. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me demonstrate how this works again with my abnormally long monkey arm. Here we go. Ta-da! And really fast. Yeah? Yep. Gotta jerk it off quick. Awesome. Stick to what you're good at. Yeah, glad you got your sound bite that you were looking for there. <laughs> it's gonna just right, just right when you didn't think it would happen. I keep getting the scroll from. Tinder that keeps trying to FaceTime me.
Like every day she tries to FaceTime. Is she cute? No, she's not cute. In the last she sent she sent me a picture of a bottoms up sign on a on a building. This is like bottoms up bar and restaurant. And I said, Awesome, who is this? And she responded with asshole. And I responded with interesting name. And she said, I just figured you would have saved me. And I said, well, I've lost a few phones recently, and along with it, some few con- a few contacts, which is completely true. And then she sends me a picture of herself, and I said, oh, hey, it's you. And she said, you got that from Tinder. And then she said, several days later, did you have a good weekend? And I didn't respond because I was working and didn't really want to talk to her. And she said, Hope your weekend was terrible and somebody burned your house down. <laughs> oh my God. And I made the mistake of responding with, but my dogs would probably die and said fire. <laughs> and then she responded, and then she tried to FaceTime. So now she knows tried that to FaceTime repeatedly. And then she said, pussy, in response to me and I answering the, the phone. So she's clearly insane. Right. There are places for those two. I can give her my counselor's number <laughs> yeah. if she wants 